Hello, my name is Lika Gay and welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. While many countries, that is mainly advanced economies, continue to suffer the effects of the global economic downturn, Sub-Saharan Africa remains a notable exception. This region is expected to continue growing strongly this year, according to the International Monetary Fund, which has just released its economic outlook for Africa. Antoinette Saye, head of the African Department at the IMF, says that robust performance is a result of good policies and Africa's relative isolation from the negative factors pulling down many other countries. I spoke to Antoinette Saye earlier and she began by giving me an overview of the economic prospects for the region. So growth in 2011 was 5%. We expect that that growth could increase to about 5.5% in 2012 due to some one-off effects, some countries producing more natural resources, and uh, from the upturn we expect to see in Côte d'Ivoire as it emerges from the crisis there last year. But most of this accelerated growth will be found in the low-income sub-Saharan African countries. South Africa, by contrast, has been harder hit by the slower global growth because of the concentration of exports in Europe. And uh, countries in the Sahelian region in sub-Saharan Africa have also been adversely affected by drought, and so their growth has been uh, less robust. Apart from these countries that have been affected by those one-off factors, one could say that Africa has been remarkably resilient in the face of the downturn. So why is that so? Is it because emerging markets have been propping up African countries, or is it because they are immune to the problems of developed countries? The first and foremost reason why we see this resilience, uh, relative resilience in sub-Saharan Africa, is uh, good economic policies. The region has done quite well in recent years in terms of uh, macroeconomic stability. And as we saw in their response to the 2009 crisis, they had uh, previously built enough buffers to be able to work to mitigate the impact of that crisis on their economies. The second, of course, factor in the resilience has been, as you say, commodity prices that have been relatively strong for sub-Saharan African exporters. The third reason, I would say, is because sub-Saharan African banks have not been dependent on European or uh, advanced country banking uh, systems or for funding their operations. So they've shown quite a bit of resilience on the banking sector, which has not been adversely affected by uh, the financial sector turmoil. We'll come back to the banking sector in a little bit, but what are other risks and uncertainties to this outlook? Quite a few. I mean, uh, of course, the big one being uh, problems in Europe, and that could impact, of course, sub-Saharan African exports. The other risk, of course, is oil prices, which could see uh, an uptick due to supply factors. Uh, for those countries that have oil prices, global oil prices pass through directly to their domestic prices, we'll see inflationary pressures in those countries. And for others that have in place uh, subsidies, will see big dents in their fiscal positions because their deficits will expand as they seek to contain, uh, continue those uh, subsidies. So th those two sources of risk, a downturn in Europe, up upturn in, in uh, oil prices, are significant risks for sub-Saharan Africa. Going back to the banking system that you were mentioning earlier, you were saying that sub-Saharan African banks are in actual fact not linked to European ones. However, aren't they as vulnerable as the European or other banks? 
In fact, they're less vulnerable. And when you look at the soundness indicators and profitability indicators and uh, non-performing loans in sub-Saharan and banks, we saw a deterioration in those indicators in the course of the 2009 crisis. But that was an indirect impact of the fact that the global economic crisis, of course, led to lower growth in sub-Saharan Africa and uh, some borrowers in encountering more difficult positions did not repay their bank loans. But we saw even then that banks were able to withstand uh, that pressure given their stronger capital base and liquidity positions. And uh, as I said before, sub-Saharan African banks are not dependent on uh, advanced economies, uh, banking systems for their funding. And so that has helped them to resist the pressures on the financial markets. So one of the chapters of the regional economic outlook was focusing on the banking sector, and that's what we've just talked about. The other chapter was actually focusing on natural resources and how countries can best make use of those resources. So what were your findings there? Almost 50% of uh, sub-Saharan African countries are quite dependent on natural resources for their export earnings. And so it's a very important uh, factor in in sub-Saharan African performance. They have indeed done better. Growth has been better. They have not done as well on uh, poverty and social indicators. We're talking uh, about quite a few countries in Central Africa in particular, oil producers, Republic of Congo, Cameroon, and other countries, Chad, in in that region that have not done very well at all on social indicators, uh, that have huge challenges in that regard. Other countries have made some progress over time in uh, managing their public finances to reflect the fluctuations that they're faced with in the commodity prices so that they build up reserves or uh, buffers in times when the commodity prices are, are good and then draw down on those resources in bad times. And one of those countries has been uh, Nigeria in the course of uh, 2004 through 2010 managing their resources in a reasonably good way. And that was Antoinette Saye, head of the African Department at the International Monetary Fund, in an interview to mark the launch of the IMF's Regional Economic Outlook. And to find out more on the economy of Africa, log on to www.imf.org podcasts.